Data for the People, a Paris 21 Crisis Podcast. Hello, Paris 21's podcast Data for the People is back again. My name is Johannes Jütting and I have today as our guest contributor Stefan Wellhulst, who is professor at the New York University, where you also co-founded the Governance Lab, the Gov Lab. Stefan is a Mr. Data Collaboratives. Stefan has an outstanding experience and knowledge about how data collaboratives can help us to manage and use data for social good. And Stefan points out to the opportunities that we currently have in using those data collaboratives in terms of ongoing solutions, how we can get out of the crisis. But he also points out to a couple of unsolved questions. And one of those is, how can we better understand what the demand side for those data collaborators actually are? Why should institutions engage with the private sector and share their own data? What are the real questions here? What, is there, what are the incentives and how can we strengthen capacities from people, from the users to engage in meaningful data collaboratives? Yet another thought-provoking, interesting podcast. Over to you, Stefan. Being based in New York, uh, which is the main center of the outbreak in the U.S. and now uh, of the world, life has obviously changed uh, radically. My family is safe and uh, healthy, but we get confronted on a ongoing basis with the occurrence of COVID, um, where um, anyway, there is no not a single moment when there is no ambulance uh, sound in the background. And obviously being locked down has also um, real made uh, one realize that the liberties of moving around and of going and exploring uh, life as one see fits and has become a luxury. And so uh, has obviously changed life in New York radically and it probably will stay that way for a long time to come. Being based at the university, uh, everything has moved uh, also remotely, but it has also generated both anxiety and frustration. Anxiety with regard to, from a university point of view, is anyway, will students still be able to have classes in September? Uh, because all the classes are, of course, now remotely till the rest of the semester. But also uh, frustration in the sense is that most faculty were not uh, prepared to go online and remotely. And of course, it has been a challenge to really provide the same level of quality to the students in a uh, online environment, which then also has generated some uh, frustration among these students that this is not what they uh, signed up to, right? And so that's the ongoing challenge uh, that we also deal with being based at the university. One of the areas uh, that we have worked on the last few years is around the concept of data collaboration 
and data collaboratives where the distributed nature of the supply of data is matched with the distributed nature of the demand of uh, and for insight and for data. And if COVID-19 has made one thing clear is that we need to really and radically become prepared to instigate those data collaborations in a far more agile and responsible manner. What we have seen with regard to COVID-19 is not only a lack of preparedness uh, with regard to public health in some countries, but also a lack of preparedness with regard to really the data collaboration space, Uh, meaning we knew in advance from several other pandemics, such as Ebola or humanitarian crisis, uh, whether it was uh, hurricanes or otherwise, that, uh, that having access to different data sets, including private sector data sets, provide for value and is important to understand the scale and also the way uh, a particular kind of dynamic threat, such as a pandemic, might evolve. Despite the fact that we have so much data and despite the fact that we know that it's important to be able to tap into different data assets when a crisis happened, we really were not prepared to ramp up and accelerate that kind of data collaboration as quickly as one had hoped. Uh, Since then, of course, we've seen a lot of data innovation happening, which is all very promising. At the same time, we also see that there are many concerns with regard to data innovation because we don't really have the governance framework developed in depth and, and so when the epidemic became more pronounced and we needed to have access to data, we actually were confronted with a lack of a governance framework, also a lack of really an understanding from the demand side on what the value of data co- collaboration might be and who to ask and under what conditions to share. We also were confronted with a, a need to invest in the capacity from the demand side, i.e. the decision makers, to really understand how one can become more data-driven with regard to the response uh, for the epidemic. We also saw the need to really engage the public because many are uncomfortable that this becomes like a new era of surveillance if we don't have the governance framework right, and especially if we are not transparent about how we go about using data. And we also, of course, need new funding structures because while everyone is now indeed realizing that one needs more data, many have stepped up, but many have stepped up on a pro bono basis, and that is not sustainable in the long term. So we need to really come up with new funding structures to invest in existing structures, such as uh, official statistics, but also investing in new kinds of public-private partnerships that uh, are necessary in the current area. So the work that we've been doing on data collaboratives have become more pronounced. Some of the recommendations that we've made before have become even more important to implement. And so that has been obviously a real impact of um, COVID-19 on some of our work. And what we have tried to do Uh, is to work on some of those deficits that I've just illustrated with regard to a governance framework, with regard to data sharing agreements, with regard to understanding and broadening the value proposition or, for instance, having access to location data. But we also have established a uh, monitoring service on what is actually happening 
And so we have developed this uh, living repository of data initiatives, which at the moment has about 240 initiatives worldwide that we have uh, mapped in order to understand what is happening in the data space and also what are the gaps that we are seeing that still needs to be addressed moving forward. We've seen a massive change in collaboration at the level of, for instance, researchers has been, uh, I would say, one of the highlights of actually the crisis where we see that many are conducting analysis and research in a new way, a more open and collaborative way. So that's been very promising where you see those uh, massive alliances being created to actually share data and share the insights in uh, real time. We also have seen that many of the data holders in the private sector, uh, ranging from uh, social media platforms to um, telecom operators to anyone that might have data, such as, for instance, even banks, uh, have really sought ways to collaborate with decision makers in leveraging their data that could inform the decision-making with regard to COVID-19, such as, for instance, inform mobility patterns so that one can understand whether social distancing is being complied with or has an impact on actually the spread of the disease, but also understanding with regard to, for instance, what is the economic resiliency and potential to intervene with a, a stimulus, for instance, that has also been uh, driven by a lot of new collaborations between the private sector and the public sector. What we also see is that the public sector is playing an important role to establish those partnerships. And so they have become like a convener of the different parties, especially those that had, of course, already some relationships in the past. But obviously, some of them are still hard to establish. We are missing some of the foundational pieces of governance. We're also missing sometimes the foundational pieces of actually the technical infrastructure that is needed to do this kind of data uh, transfer because suddenly we are realizing that it, the public sector might, for instance, still have to deal with legacy systems that are not ready for that kind of new way of doing things. Uh, and we also see, for instance, that uh, actually data portability is harder than one had uh, realized. There is a clear and massive differentiation with regard to both maturity and capacity. And we have seen some interesting examples in the developing world, such as, for instance, uh, Ghana is uh, leveraging Vodafone uh, data in order to understand some kind of uh, mobility patterns and identify whether uh, mobility restrictions are here too, but they, they remain the exemption and are unique to Ghana and the statistical service there because they already had an existing uh, relationship, of course, with uh, Vodafone prior to COVID-19. I think one of the key elements to focus on where there might be a lot more potential is to really be able to formulate the demand side. Uh, because what we see happening for those partnerships is that initially a lot went on with, uh, give me access to the data. 
without really realizing what is the question that one seeks to formulate. And so one of the conditions for successful partnerships and especially data collaborations is that there is a clear understanding of the question one seeks or the set of questions one seeks to answer. And I think that's something that especially those that might have a certain level of challenges with regard to capacity, that's where a lot more progress could uh, could happen in order to really formulate the questions that matters to them and then find ways to answer those questions in one way or another. We need that kind of A, understanding of what are the common questions that could inform data collaboration, and then B, understanding on who has already tried to answer that, and is there a way to actually share some of the infrastructure, including the models that have been used to start answering those questions. And that would uh, rapidly increase capacity, would also lead to less fragmentation, and that might be one way to have a more shared understanding of the scale of the pandemic. I think if we could make progress at least seven areas, then we would be better off. And I think COVID-19 gives us actually the opportunity to make progress on some of those. And so one if we could have a a better clarification and also a better development of governance frameworks, both in terms of policy, um, in terms of agreements, and in terms of institutions, such as, for instance, the uh, creation of ethical councils that can really oversee some of the uh, new data collection that is happening, that would be progress to a better understanding of what are the questions that matters so that you can build infrastructures to answer questions so that it's fit for purpose as opposed to an infrastructure that might not be as optimized to answer those kinds of questions would be helpful. Three, having the public engaged in actually the design and also understanding what are their expectations with regard to, for instance, the reuse of some of their data would help as well so that we don't get that kind of backlash of we are building tools of oppression but that it becomes a co-design of the data approaches would be helpful as well. Having uh, dedicated funding, for instance, in uh, earmarked kind of COVID responses that, has, that focuses on data infrastructures would also be uh, important so that we actually not just always have data as the last item on the list and quite often is much harder to establish from a funding point of view, but as it becomes an integral part of actually responding to a crisis would be helpful. Making progress with regard to technological innovation would also be helpful, especially as it relates to, for instance, de-identification methodologies, uh, but also access control and uh, transfer data. All of those areas uh, are important to really generate post-COVID-19 the data ecosystem that makes data collaboration more systematic, sustainable, and responsible.